Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Jets podcast on 24-7 Sports, as the New York Jets, this coming Sunday, will be hosting the New England Patriots at 1 o'clock Eastern, along with Michael Cohen. I'm Daniel Feuerstein. Rick Lachlan, unfortunately not able to join uh, us this afternoon due to the fact of a Thanksgiving food comatose. No, I'm only kidding. That didn't happen. But still, though, Rick Lachlan on assignment right now. And uh, glad to have, of course, our fellow 24-7 sports uh, writer, Michael Cohen, joining us today. And, Michael, were you, were all you I trying to make a Were you trying to make a, tur- a, a joke about turkey eating turkey on Thanksgiving with Rick Lachlan? How dare you? I'm going to tell That's him. That's right. That's right. You can tell him. I don't care. <laughs> but one thing Rick, is Rick, for sure. Rick, listening, Mike, Dan says that you choked on a turkey. <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, he did. No, I said food. I said turkey comatose, not choking on the chicken. But anyway, that's, that's a different true. story. No, that's the chip. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's okay. But anyway, uh, just to uh, just to talk about this upcoming game, uh, Michael, as uh, has already been reported, Sam Darnold is out. He will not face Tom Brady. Uh, he will not be behind center. For this game, uh, you know, look, uh, you can say whatever you want about, you know, the situation, you know, with the Jets and Sam Darnold. But the truth is, I think it's going to be um, a bit of a loss not to have uh, Sam Darnold under center for this one, because while it's not so much about where each team is in the standings in the AFC East, it's more about what can this rookie do against a veteran and one of the most celebrated players in the NFL in Tom Brady. And, you know, what this matchup could have been if Sam Darnold's foot was healthy enough for him to go out and battle against Tom Brady. Let me get my violin so you can do that again. No. What can I say? I guess I could say that Sam Darnold's probably the luckiest guy on the face of the earth right now because when you think about it, the Patriots – Absolutely kill after the bye week. They are, in fact, 22 and four since 2003. 22 and four after a bye week, and after a loss, 45 and eight. So here they are, Patriots coming off of getting killed by the Tennessee Titans, 34 to 10, coming off of a bye week, coming into the Meadowlands to face a team in the Jets that they have owned for a better part of the last decade and a half. This was a bad spot for Sam Donald to be in. Coming off the foot injury, coming off a bye week, coming off of a team that has just gotten embarrassed by the Buffalo Bills, not an ideal spot for him to be in against this Patriot team that has his ears pinned back and is trying to fight for not only the division title, but is trying to get back into position to get a bye week uh, for the playoffs. So for me, if I were if I were Sam Donald, heck, if I were Sam Donald's agent, I would say. This is probably the best thing for him right now. Sit back, take a get away from get just get away for another week from this team with the way things are going right now. This is a team that's banged up. This is a team that right now doesn't seem to have a direction at this point. I would hate to put him under center in this kind of spot. It would be a really, really bad situation for him to be in. No, you know what? Well, you're absolutely right there. I mean, I, I, I don't disagree with you at all. I, you know, look, it, it, blessing in disguise. You know, you can see what's going to happen. You might as well let him watch 
what will happen, uh, you know, for uh, Josh McCown as he will be the uh, starting quarterback uh, for this game. Once again, I know some have said let let Davis Webb get an opportunity, let him go out there instead of uh, McCown. You know, just you know, just so you know they can show or he can show what he's able to do. Maybe you know for some team down the road. But I don't think you're going to see Davis Webb out there at all uh, for the Jets unless Josh McCown will get hurt or he gets injured in this game. That's the only reason uh, I could see Mr. Webb going out there instead of McCown because there's no way you're going to have Josh McCown sitting on the sidelines again for Davis Webb who basically, you know, look, McCown is capable enough. He's already faced Tom Brady before last year in a game where – you know, let's be honest with ourselves here. In a game last year against the Patriots where they did well enough to win that game, but they got sabotaged mm-hmm. by bad refereeing and, of course, the infamous, uh, you know, every touchdown is reviewed, and they got basically uh, six, seven points stolen away from them due to the referees yeah. and the replay review booth. Oh, my goodness. I mean, last year was a complete nightmare. I mean, that game, the Jets, sh- if the Jets had – if the officials had given the Jets a touchdown there, that game more than likely is tied and goes into overtime. Now, who knows what happens there? Maybe the Patriots win. Maybe the Jets win. Who knows? But the fact is, the officials last year took plays out. They t- they took the players out of the game, and they ma- they they made themselves the story with what is a catch, what isn't a catch, what is a catch, what isn't a catch, and that was one of three times that Austin Safarian Jenkins got royally screwed over by officials. Remember the Panthers game a couple weeks later where it looked like he had a touchdown and they called it away, they called it back. Uh, we could go to the Jesse James touchdown against against New England. Weeks later for Pittsburgh, that should have been a touchdown, was considered a drop pass. So many times last year officials blew it. And let's be honest, that play that uh, we call the infamous Austin Safarian Jenkins touchdown really – was the start of this review of the of what is and what is not a catch by the NFL. No, you're absolutely right, and thank God they finally fixed that thing, uh, you know, because obviously if there's going to be an issue, and we don't want any issues, obviously, in the NFL. You want something that's really cut and dry. But once again, more issues are popping up due to the fact of, well, how do you tackle a quarterback? How do you land away or on a quarterback. I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous. All these weird new rules that, you know, you cannot throw your weight down, all of your weight down on a quarterback when you're sacking him or else it's a penalty. And, you know, I, I mean, what are we doing here? What, what are we doing here, Michael? I mean, it's look, national, I understand. It's, it's the National Flag Football League. What do you want? That's correct. Absolutely. It is. It's going to become the National Flag Football League unless they change everything on the quarterback. I mean, you might as well go just for a two-hand touch and he's done. Mm Two-hand touch or grab the flag around his waist and don't even bother tackling the quarterback when he has the ball. I mean, this is getting to the point where it's game? Did you see the game uh, earlier this year with Kansas City and New England where the defender has Brady wrapped up He's about to bring him down for a sack. This is near the goal line. And lets him go because he's afraid that if he that if he hold, that if he brings him down, he's gonna get flagged for roughing the passer. So he lets him go and Brady scores a touchdown. Now, if he had brought him down and sacked him, there's a good chance that New England has to kick a field goal and maybe Kansas City wins that game. So this is what the NFL has done. They have 
made defenders paranoid, and they they force defenders put defensive players into situations where they have to overthink when they're on the field, and that can't, it can't be done. Football is a natural progression uh, for defense for defensive players, and the NFL has taken that away, and they've taken defenses out of out of the game now. It really has been, and yes, I did watch it. That was the Sunday nighter as the Chiefs were playing the Patriots over at Gillette Stadium. And sadly, very, very sadly, you know, you basically take the natural instincts away from the defender because, oh my God, I don't want to get thrown for a flag due to the fact that I tackled him the wrong way. I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous what the NFL has done. It is ridiculous what they are doing. Um, You know, I, I mean, look, there's natural violence in the sport. We all know this. We are aware of the situation when you have a team who's on defense trying to sack the quarterback and you're making him now think that, um, you know, oh my God, what do I do here? Do I not tackle him? Do I not sack the quarterback? What do I have to do? And that right there is a product of this brand new NFL. This brand new NFL that, let's be honest with ourselves, Michael, it's slowly but surely destroying the game we all love. It really is. It's it's become a game that is over officiated. I mean, there's just way too many flags now. Even the game of the the so-called game of the year that that was on Monday night with Kansas City and, and Los Angeles, I can't. I forgot how many flags were thrown. I mean, it had to be more than 25 flags were thrown in that game. I mean, my yeah, the two highest scoring offenses in the game, in the NFL, they both still put up 50 points. Let, let just let the players play. Let the players play the game. I mean, God, please, can we make football make football great again? I know that's <laughs> a slogan nowadays, but just make football next. Make football great again, please. Absolutely, I absolutely agree with you. Let's make football great again. Uh, let's get back into this game, though. As we all know, the New England Patriots in first place in the AFC East, uh, seven uh, and three record right now. As the uh, you know the, the the Jets are going to have to find a way to, if not get back to some sort of a uh, reasonable form of playing well, if it's possible, uh, at least they got to get back out there. They must play better, not just on the offense but on the defense. I think what we saw against the Buffalo Bills give the Bills coaching staff credit. They out schemed the Jets. They out coached the Jets. That's you got to give him credit for that, but I think we can also say this at the same time. Um, you can tell that after the game against the Miami Dolphins on the road, where the Jets' defense was absolutely at their best. I mean, you got to give the Jets' defense right. credit for keeping Miami off the scoreboard, and it was the Jets' offense that gave the Dolphins their only touchdown of the game, which was, of course, a, a pick six. But once again, as I've said, um, I think we finally saw the straw that broke the camel's back. The Jet defense just had an absolutely miserable game, and I think it was a carryover from the loss against the Dolphins because they did everything they could, everything they could to keep their offense in the game, and the offense just had a horrible game, and then the offense just kept on going with the horrible play. You have a locker room that I think is fracturing, and I think it, it, it doesn't get talked about much. But when you have Jamal Adams, not just once, but on two different occasions, 
and recently was just last week, uh, last week after the uh, Buffalo game, or two weeks ago, I should say, after the Buffalo game, goes on WFAN and then tells uh, CMB that, they, that there are guys who accept losing in the locker room. That tells you all you need to know about what the climate, climate is in that locker room. And I don't know if he's talking about guys on defense. I don't know if he's talking – I think he's probably talking about guys on the offensive side of the ball. I'm not sure. But when you have that kind of that kind of talk and you have players going out of the locker room to the press and expressing their 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 frustration and anger with their teammates, it it just shows you what's going on there. And when they when they played Buffalo, it looked like they had just thrown the towel in. They played tighter than a drum. The defense, I think, just at some point just gave up. I think after that first series, they said, "You know what? Just not our day. Who cares? You know, this offense doesn't care. We don't care." So I, I think there's a huge problem inside the culture in that building right now. And I know this is, a, this is bringing up old stuff. Okay, we're bringing old skeletons out of the closet from, you know, from past shows. That's why I would have made the coaching change two weeks ago, just to shake the things up in that, in that clubhouse. That's what I would have done. But they're going to go into this game this week. It's not going to be pretty. Uh, I don't know what to expect from this offense. I mean, there's a question about Robbie Anderson, whether he's going to play in this game. We know Darnold's not going to play in this game. You're going to get McCown now back in his second, making his second start of the year. I don't know what you're going to get from him. Going up against this Patriot team that, as I said, is going to pin its ears back this week. I don't, I'm not you saying know, it's going to be a similar mm-hmm. score to the Buffalo game, but it's going to get ugly. It's going to be ugly this week. No, it's going to be ugly this week. And let me tell you something right now. I, I am not disagreeing with you. I'm not disagreeing with every Jet fan that wanted Todd Bowles fired uh, just before the bye week came. Uh, I'm not in disagreement with anybody. I think you're right, and I believe there should have been a shakeup. There should have been uh, – Todd Bowles should have been fired. I think Todd Bowles should be gone already. Um, the truth is I don't trust any of his assistants right now for uh you know for what's going on i i don't trust uh how if they were going to be interim head coaches uh you know if they're going to go out there and and do the job of getting any form of wins now obviously uh my feeling was i didn't expect the ownership to fire um todd Bowles at all i figured they're going to fire him at the end of the year and i'm not saying i want Bowles to remain it's just a feeling of look you have chris johnson this is his like second year as an owner in the NFL, this is because his brother Woody, obviously right now, is working for the U.S. government. He is an ambassador for the United States in the United right. Kingdom in London. And all I can say is, is that you know, if he's trying to ask advice from Woody, what to do, whether he gets it or not, you know, it's up to them or whatever it is. The truth of the matter is this: the truth of the matter is this: is that, in my opinion. Chris Johnson is making this call all on his own. He feels he wants to keep the coaching staff intact. He's thinking about, you know, I'm going to keep the, way, the things the way they are for Sam Darnold for this entire rest of the season. Uh, and that will be ending this coming at the end of next month, obviously. So that is the right. only reason why I'm saying this. I'm not saying I believe in it. Or should I say I don't believe that's the reason why he's getting this you know, the end of the year, Todd Bowles, I just believe that the ownership right now and Chris Johnson, he's still working his way through it. It's not an excuse. I'm just stating the facts that this is what I believe and why Chris Johnson has not fired Todd Bowles now, but I believe he will be fired at the end of the year. And that's fine. I I understand that. 
uh, and play, you know the fact that the Jets don't have anybody on the coaching staff they have confidence in to be an interim head coach is more of an indictment of the people that they've brought in than anything else. But you know, looking at this game and looking at the trend we have seen here by the Jets going into the bye week, you know, where are they going to score points in this game? You know, this team has only scored 26 points in its last three games. Uh, and if you include the uh, Minnesota game, that's what? Now 41 points in its last three games or last four games. And here's the thing. 41 points in the last four games. They scored 42 in all in one game against Indianapolis six weeks ago, six, seven weeks ago. So that's how far this offense has gone downhill since that time. And, uh, you know, we could talk about we can talk about the coaching. We all, we've already discussed that. We could talk about the play calling. We've discussed that as well. This is about, for the players, what do you want your legacy to be? Because from here on out, it is about going out there each and every week and putting something good on tape. Because whether you're going to be here with this team or you're going to be with somebody else, somebody else next year, you've got to put something on tape. So if you have any pride in that locker room, and if I were Jamal Adams, I would, I would stop going to the media and, and, and talking about my locker room. I would, I would have a closed-door meeting with my teammates and say, it's time for us to have some pride in ourselves. It's time for us to go out there and perform. Because and the one thing, these are uh-huh, their jobs on the line right now for everybody. Go ahead. Sorry. No, absolutely. No, absolutely. You're correct. Obviously, there's there's jobs on the line for everybody. And here's the thing that I, it really bothers me sometimes is this, is that when you have a player like Isaiah Crowell, and okay, fine. Earlier in the year, he pulls the shenanigans. He gets the, the he gets two rushing man. touchdowns, uh, and he uses the football on a, after his second touchdown to wipe up his rear end. To, to, and throws the ball into the stands, like, you know, okay, this is for you, Cleveland, and whatever. And that's what should not have happened. And then, right. you know, since then, um, okay, he's had another monster game against uh, the Denver Broncos, and that's fine. He's had a, a decent game against the Indianapolis Colts. He's had some decent runs here and there, but the problem is, is that, you know, you know, he hasn't sustained the explosiveness of these runs and, you know, the offensive line at the same time has not done the job to keep those holes open for him. So it's but a combination yeah, the, the, of everything. Yeah. Oh, but you didn't expect me to run the kick? Sorry, go ahead. That's fine. Uh, but anyway, uh-huh. you were waiting to play that, weren't you? No, I actually tried to get onto his, his statistics in the stupid video on ESPN started playing. So sorry about I that. see. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, in, in, the, in at least, what, two or three games – for, if you want to say three and a half games, that's fine. If you want to say Cleveland, you know, he did well in the first half and he couldn't do anything much in the second half. And we understand Bilal Powell is out for the rest of the year because of the neck injury that he had, that little uh, disc injury in his neck that has sidelined him for the rest of the season. Right. We understand that there's injuries. We understand that. And Elijah McGuire is not where he should be well, because let, he let, just got me, back from injury. Let me say this. Let me mm-hmm. say this. And you mentioned Isaiah Crowell. Isaiah well, Crowell just isn't that good. He just, no, he's just not that good. He's just not mm-hmm. that good. He's a, he's not a good football player. I know that he you know, has a pretty good re, re, average per carry total of 4.3 yards per carry, but he's not an every damn back. And that's, that's part of the problem here for the Jets. You know, you mentioned the offensive line. That's been a huge issue for this team. They aren't creating calls. They aren't protecting the quarterback, as we know. Uh, don't have a lot of depth and talent. We thought they had a wide receiver this year. That's turned out to be a myth. Uh, and the running game we knew was a problem coming into this season. 
I mean, these are issues that they have to really correct. I mean, they, they keep ignoring the two things they keep ignoring under Mike McCagney, and I, I've mentioned this to you on this show and my show, mm-hmm. is the running back position on the offensive line. And they have got to address this problem now. Now, whether they bring in a Le'Veon Bell next year, I would stay away from him because of, the, uh, because of his behavior with Pittsburgh. But he's a great player, and it'll be hard not to pay him that money. But they have to address the situ- that situation because, you know, having a guy like Crowell who's going to burst out for 200 yards one week and then give him 19 yards the next week, it's just not acceptable. It, it really is just unacceptable right now. It is, and you're absolutely correct. And I think, and let me just say this, the, I agree with you for two things, that Le'Veon Bell should not be here. It's not just his attitude. The money he's asking for, especially the guaranteed money right. that he wants – I think those are two things the Jets need to stay away from because, yes, they should concentrate very heavily on the offensive line. They must concentrate on the offensive line. Now, let me just say this. In some ways, McCagnan did address the offensive line, just not all positions of the offensive line. That's why he brought over Spencer Long from the Washington Redskins. Sadly, his injured finger on his snapping hand is causing fits for Darnold whenever he has to snap the ball to his quarterback. Outside mm-hmm. of that, that's the only thing they've addressed from the offensive line was the center position for this season. Next season, they must address the offensive line every single position possible because if you do not address the offensive line at all again, there will be major issues going down the road. And what are you going to do when you've got a quarterback like Sam Darnold, who is this franchise it is, he is a franchise quarterback. I don't care what anybody says. He is a franchise quarterback for this team. The issue he's going to have is who's going to try and protect him and who's going to try to make sure that he has enough time to make his throws and enough time for the offensive line to give the running backs the proper holes that they need to remain open so that the running backs can have those monster games each and every week. It cannot be one game you have over 1,000 yards rushing, and then the next two or three games, it's only um, or shall, it's 100, excuse me, 100 yards rushing for one game, then you get only 13 to 19 the next two uh, games, either combined or individually. So we cannot see what's going to happen here. Um, also, Michael, it looks like Rob Gronkowski yeah. will be expected to return for this game against the Jets. It looks like he's healthy enough Gee, that he'll go shot. and take on the Jets. Um <laughs> against this uh, Jets team. But you know what? There's something that's been going on uh, and, you know, within the, uh, the fan circles of certain uh, mm-hmm. New York Jets beat writers. And you know where he is. He's with the New York Daily News and as Manish Mehta. And apparently... His favorite Nesson, writer. Well, nah, in some ways, yes. In most ways, no. Uh, but, you know, Manish Mehta talks about Rob Gronkowski in a very negative way. Nesson picks it up. And all the Jet fans are worried because all of a sudden Manish Mehta decides to, uh, you know, write this article. Now, let me say this, and I I just want to be clear here. Yeah. Regardless of what happens on the field, we all know what the Patriots are going to do anyway. They're going to run up the score regardless of how good or how bad the Jets are. We all know this. We all know that the Mm -hmm. Patriots are going to run up the score on anybody when they are winning a football game no matter what. But let me just finish real quick. But if the Patriots are getting up for the Jets because of what Manish Mehta wrote about Rob Gronkowski, that is pathetic and that is stupid because it did not come from any of the players, nor did it come from Todd Bowles. 
They did not say well, anything the, about Gronkowski. Well, second, first of all, you know that there are fans that are dumb enough. They're going to sit, sit here on Monday and say because, because Gronkowski puts up a buck twenty on the Jets and scores to a touchdown. Oh, it's because of Manish Meadow. No, it's because Rob Gronkowski is one of the, is a Hall of Fame tight end, and your defense sucks. That's why he put up a buck twenty into two touchdowns. It has nothing to do with Manish Meta. I mean, give me a break. Exactly. I mean, you're absolutely right, Dan. You're absolutely right. Uh, I mean, I think Gronkowski will play well. I mean, he always he always does. It's always ironic that he comes back from injury, of course, to face the Jets. Why not? I mean, it's a typical Bill Belichick move. He'll play well. I, I don't expect him to have a bad game. Uh, the key with him is just trying to to slow him down a little bit. You, if you try to bump him enough, it maybe gets him off his game. But, you know, do the Jets have the size to match up with him? Not not really. Not many people do. That's, that's why he's such a matchup problem for everybody. No, that's very true. And the one thing that really ticked me off from that game last year, where the Jets were leading like fourteen ten at that time, or for you yeah. know at least leading uh, the Patriots in that first half before they even got to the end of the first half, the 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 poor call by the referees that they called Jamal Adams for some sort of uh, pass interference. Where I, I mean, you know, the arm, the size of the arms of Rob Gronkowski engulfed his helmet. The arms of Rob mm-hmm. Gronkowski engulfed Jamal Adams' head. And you're calling that defensive pass interference when Jamal yeah. Adams is actually playing Gronkowski honest? And if you think about it, he actually did the, the correct thing and he did the right job. Just the referees were too inept to notice that it was Gronkowski who wrapped his arms around Jamal Adams' head where he should have been called for a penalty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Now, before we go... Let's do this back and forth here. Keys to the game. Here are my keys to the game for the Jets. One, it's pretty obvious. Try not to get embarrassed. I mean, that's that asking a lot. I mean, seriously, they have to put up a better. They have to put up a better fight in in this game than they did last week. Show some pride. You're you're a professional football player, professional athlete. Go out there and put forth at least an effort. You're probably going to lose the game anyway, but don't don't let the Patriots put up 50 points. Don't let them put up 49 points. Don't let them put up 60 points. You know, please, show some pride in yourselves. And my second key to the game is this. It's for the fans. You take the remote control, and you hit the, and you get in your car, and you go to a sports bar in New York City where they have a special event going on, and that is the only team in New York that actually is winning. And that is to watch the New York Red Bulls. There you go. There's oh the boy! Oh boy! All right. Well, that'll be a, that. That's for a different show, and that's for a different time. But you know what? I, I mean, I agree with you. The keys of the game is very simple. Do not allow the Patriots to embarrass the Jets. They should. The Jets should not let them embarrass them. The Jets shouldn't embarrass themselves either. Go out there, play this game hard. This is an opportunity that you've been wanting to play in. And you know what? If you go out there and you just at least show that you are ready for this, that you are ready and able to take on uh, this Patriots team that, uh, look, I think this Patriots team has finally shown some cracks. Uh, you know, what, can the Jets exploit those cracks? That's going to be a different story. That's definitely going to be a different story. I'm not expecting the, the Jets to, you know, take on the Patriots like how the Chiefs took them to the wire. I'm not expecting the Jets to play the way that the Titans played against the Patriots. But the truth of the matter is this. It's a divisional game. This is your, one of your hated division rivals 
in mm-hmm. the AFC East and especially in the AFC. You got to go out there and you must, and I stress this, you must at least match or be better than this Patriot team. Do not go out there and all of a sudden, you know, you give it one shot on one uh, one series. All right, that's it. We're done. No, you can't do that. You got to go out there and you got to fight and you got to play hard. And you got to show that you do give a damn. Because if you don't give a damn, you know what's going to happen? You're going to get run over. And if you get run over, then that's your fault. Yep. And then if you, if you get run over... Then you have to. Then, then uh, <laughs> there's nothing else I could say. I mean, what else I can know. I say other than end the season? Just end the season! Oh my God! Stop the pain! Sorry. That's okay. Don't worry. <laughs> but the pain will continue on because you got to face the Patriots Forever. one more time. And ever. You got you to go. You're going to have to go to New England one more time, and you got to go to Buffalo one more time. In between uh, Three these and games, 13, including here uh, we come. We're gonna get that number one right. pick. Suck that's for right. Bosa. Suck for Bosa, everybody. No, we're not going there yet. But anyway, done, everybody. Uh, well, this has been the Jets podcast uh, preview show on 247sports.com, as the New York Jets are going to take on the New England Patriots this coming Sunday afternoon at one o'clock Eastern on WCBS. Channel 2, it should be a lot of fun, and hopefully for the Jets, they can play a a little bit better. I actually want them to play a lot better. We'll see what happens then. Uh, Once again, (laughs) that's very true. That's very true. Uh, For Michael Cohen, who's taking over for Rick Lachlan today, I'm Daniel Feuerstein. And once again, this has been the Jets Podcast Preview Show on 247sports.com through blogtalkradio.com. We will talk to you on Monday afternoon. And hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving and you didn't have too much problems with the turkey. Have a good afternoon. Take care. So long and bye-bye for now.